Now, it's time for the Cybersecurity News Bite with Jim Guckin. Cybersecurity News Bite, episode number 74. For November 13th, 2023, Lace Tempest exploits SysAid IT support software vulnerability, Dolly.com pays ransom, attackers release data anyway, high severity vulnerability now under active exploitation, and Sumo Logic urges users to change credentials. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I am your host, Jim Guckin, and here's the news stories from last week, which I think you need to pay attention to in this upcoming week. Uh, the first one, very close to my heart, um, was my first real, even though it was a cloud-based installation, was my was was my last real, not my first, my last real uh, project where all aspects were kind of under me to help design and bring together with my team, of course. This wasn't just a solo job. I'm not that great. Um, but it had a close place in my heart, which talks about the uh, SysAid IT support software. Well, Microsoft has found that a certain, uh, you know, advanced persistent threat, an APT group called Lance Tempest, uh, also known as Storm 0950, um, <clears throat> which also has a lot of similar activities as the group uh, FI, uh, FIN 11, TA 505, or widely known sometimes as Evil Corp. They're also very close to the uh, Clop ransomware gang because they use their extortion site. Um, they Lance, uh, Lace Tempest has been known for move it, uh, the move it transfer and the paper cut uh, servers kind of vulnerabilities. Anyway, enough about them and more about what the vulnerability is. So there is now a vulnerability which is tracked as CVE 2023-47246 which is a path traversal flaw. And this allows specifically on on-premise installations. If it's a cloud-based, it doesn't apply, but it allows code execution um, possibly in uh, your sysate environment. Now, if you are like me and like to keep very up-to-date with your uh, <laughs> with your uh, patching, you should be good because this was patched uh, in sysate version 23.3.36. So if you have sysate, and it's an on-prem environment, meaning it's hosted on your own servers, not a cloud, then make sure your version is at least 23.3.36 or after. Um, that Those are the ones that are really good against this kind of particular attack. So Lace Tempest, um, post-exploiting this vulnerability and getting access to you know, your on-prem server, uh, deliver malware. Um, and they're looking to load the GraceWire malware. Uh, but the interesting thing about this vulnerability and this kind of attack that um, both Microsoft and SysAid have both seen is that there is a level of human interaction here. Meaning this is not just a bot. It's not just calling out for command and control. There is someone actively directing this attack and the point is is to move laterally you know east west in your network to one spread the malware that they have across the environment and like most um attacks these days obviously take as much data as they can for ransoming purposes or um just to you know make you pay for it 
Now, Sysaid uh, has kind of watched this attack, and they the interesting thing was they they uploaded a WAR WAR archive uh, file, which gave them web shell access to the Sysaid servers. Um, then they saw a PowerShell command being run, and this is the the PowerShell pretty much goes out and grabs the Grace Wire malware. And then obviously once it's in the environment and they're moving laterally, they can install it on whatever servers they want, find information they want, pivot to wherever they want. The interesting thing is that's not where this web shell stops. There is actually a second PowerShell uh, script that this group decides to run, Lace Tempest, and its whole idea is to erase any evidence of what they are doing. Now, I should also say that other payloads that may have been observed doing this include like Cobalt Strike. So the getting the shell access is the first step and then kind of downloading whatever tools they want is another. Gracewire just happens to be the one uh, widely observed that they are using, but that doesn't mean that's the only tactic they're going to use. So if you have a vulnerable version and you are threat hunting in your own environment, don't just look for Gracewire um indicators of compromise, IOCs. Look for several others because they may change tools depending on how well this was reported pretty quick. And all of this is tied to that sysaid on-prem Tomcat web service that these attackers are exploiting in the environment. So, one, if you had a vulnerable, vulnerable version, make sure you look out for it. Make sure you're updated and then make sure you kind of do your due diligence and making sure you scrub your environment as best as possible. Make sure there was no access that uh, you weren't expecting. Um, and it's kind of hard because these 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 are are, are are kind of, you know, come up quickly. People have the attacks and you could be vulnerable before you even heard that it was a vulnerable version. So do the best you can to kind of make sure everything's cleaned and and secured, but always, this is why it's important to make sure you update your stuff as soon as possible because, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, it's just bug versions and fixes and like that. Um, but you never know when a security bug was fixed. That could be the next exploit. Now, for our second story, this is one that has always been in the back of every security person's head. Your system gets ransomware. You have the the malicious actors demanding you make a payment. And they guarantee you make the payment, your information never sees the light of day. We give you the, the encryption key, whatever. And every organization has that debate. Do we pay or do we not pay? Um, and most that pay may never announce it and we'll never get real accurate numbers on how many people are actually paying or how much insurance is paying for this. Uh, but... This is one of those Delta stories, the out of the usual stuff that um, the, you might want to give you just a little bit of hesitation. So uh, it's all about a website called Dolly.com, um, which is not about dolls, surprisingly. It's in fact, it is a, a moving and delivery services company, um, and it has about uh, 45 uh, locations in U.S. cities. Like Dolly, like moving stuff, Dolly. That's where they get the name from. I, I just have to say, because 
when I first saw it, I was like, a website about dolls? Why were they ransomware? That's immaterial. So likely, from what people can figure out, the breach likely occurred sometime in late August or early September. And then on November 10th of 2023, um, Dolly.com allegedly paid a ransom. There is no indication whether this was a full or partial payment for the ransomed um, data. Now, allegedly, the data stolen, according to uh, securityfairs.com researchers, was high-level account login details, credit card information. Uh, Securityaffair.com researchers said probably just the last four, but attackers are claiming they have the entire credit card information. Customers' addresses, names, registration dates, user emails, and system data. Uh, and some MongoDB instances and their credentials for that. So they got some good stuff. You figured Dolly.com would pay and they paid. Once again, we don't know uh, at the time of this recording whether it was a full or partial payment that, or whatever it was. Either way, the malicious group was just like, yeah, the payment wasn't generous enough. So the company paid something. And I'm assuming it's not like $5. I mean, it's probably more than I will see in a week's worth of payments. Um, probably a couple thousand dollars. Um, so they make a payment. The malicious actor goes, yeah, that wasn't enough. And ends up releasing all of Dolly.com's data anyway. So now this is like the worst scenario for the company. They've paid. Their data's leaked. And they still have nothing to show for it. And apparently, and I haven't seen this because I would have to go on some shady websites. Um, they also apparently shared the, the chat that they were having with the company to show the negotiations weren't going their way. And the reason I, I, I wanted to do this story is because you have to know that there is a reasonable amount that even if you as an organization paid... And as I said, we're not sure if this was a full or partial payment. But they paid, so I'm assuming it's it's as full or as full-ish as they can get. And then all of a sudden, they release the data anyway. So now you're out the data, and you're out the money. And you still have to deal with the giant PR nightmare that a compromise will get you one way or the other. So really take it into a thought how well can you trust which sounds weird when you're talking about a malware group uh, your ability to trust them into keeping that data safe i mean it's 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 a weird concept is it not because how can you necessarily trust the criminals on the other end and i'm sure look i'm sure there are people out there who are doing this they take the money and they do delete the data but I still think there's probably a, a large amount out there who take the data and scrub it forever they want and then resell the data anyway I mean if you, if you spend any time on you know the dark web or in any of these hacker telegram groups or you know the the message boards you'll see that there's a constant stream of information they are willing to sell and I don't know if I would necessarily, one way or another, and, and this is not to say that any company I have worked for, will work for, ever have worked for, has a policy in which they pay or not pay. 
that's not necessarily my strong suit here. My strong suit is, is, is defense of a network. And there's a lot of factors into whether organizations pay or don't. But one of your factors should be, how can we trust this group? Because if I have your stuff in a cloud partition, and we've talked uh, several times about uh, you know how they, they kind of keep things in the cloud and things are accessed when they need it, there is no verification. You're not getting a certification letter from the hacker group saying, yeah, we, we destroyed your data appropriately. There's a trust there. And as I said, most groups have to live on that trust. They have to be the ones who say, hey, you paid us, we'll destroy the data. Because if they didn't, no one would trust the system and no one would pay them. So the majority of groups, especially the bigger groups, will honor that to some degree. But remember, groups are made of multiple people with different ideas. But in general, if you pay you could probably trust that they will delete it. But this is the other example of where it was paid and they just didn't think it was enough. So they released the data anyway. So now you got the money and the data. Just something to think about next time you're sitting around a tabletop for, or, or even a discussion amongst your peers about what do you do if you're ransomware? Are we paying? Are we not paying? And is this a factor in that decision. Now, I'm going to apologize for this third story because it's a little more technical than I am, uh, but I want to bring it to your attention. So on Wednesday, CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, the U.S. CISA, um, has a catalog that they keep, Known Exploited Vulnerabilities Catalog. And very recently, they added several high-severity vulnerabilities, uh, in particular around the Service Location Protocol, SLP. And not only did they add this, they cited evidence that it is actively being exploited. And the Service Location Protocol contain, uh, it has the ability to, to, to be used as part of a denial of service attack, DOS attack. And it allows an unauthenticated I can't speak today, unauthenticated remote attacker to register services and spoof UDP traffic to conduct a denial of a service attack with an amplification factor, meaning you send one packet, more packets come back. And usually what this has done is kind of pointed at a server or website or some kind of service that you want to bring down. And it is somewhat dangerous, obviously, as you said, one one in, multiple out. And uh, ByteSight and Curasec uh, discovered this vulnerability back in April. So it's been around. It's just now people are, are figured out how to weaponize it. Um, and because it's intrinsic to most networks, because SLP is a protocol that allows systems on a LAN, local area network, discover each other and establish communications. That is what a network is. And someone has found a way of using this um, location protocol on a network to, and their words was significant amplification, meaning I send one packet, 10 come back. I spoof it at a server. I can take that server offline. Now, 
the article and SZA didn't quite go into the exact details of how to do this. But the fact is, someone has already figured out this and how to weaponize it. So, it is critical that you watch out for some of these things on the network, that you keep machines that you don't trust off the network, because something as simple as this can really bring down your network from the inside, and you don't want an attacker to do stuff like this. And we've talked about other amplification attacks uh, in previous shows. Uh, I think the last one we talked about uh, had something specifically around the um, voice over IP SIP protocol, SIP. And that was the same thing. One in, it redirects to another location, causes uh, problems. So these are not new kind of attacks. They're just new ways of doing the attack. And that one you had to have, you had to be on like a voice over IP network. This one kind of works in any network, which makes it a little more daunting to protect against because I can't give you ways of protecting yourself because this is the fundamental way your network works. It's kind of hard and I'm hoping maybe someone comes out with a way to block it, but I just don't know off the top of my head. Um, but I want to make you aware of that. Like these are the kind of tactics that an internal uh, malicious actor, whether it was a, a disgruntled employee or someone who broke into your network might be able to use these kind of attacks against your own network. For our final story this week, uh, if you have Sumo Logic, you might want to check your email because you might have to rotate credentials. And if you don't know what Sumo Logic is, Sumo Logic is a cloud monitoring slash log management slash SIM tool. I'm sure they could sell it to you a lot better, but this is just kind of the generalities from the top. Um, so on Tuesday, they announced that there was a quote unquote potential security incident. And they had discovered this incident first on November 3rd. And what happened was they believe there was a compromised AWS account used to unauthorized access some of their data. Now, from what Sumo Logic's saying, there's no indicators that companies' systems or networks or customer data has been Im impacted. So it might have just been someone poking around. But Sumo Logic, in, in the great sense of security, is saying, hey, look, if you're one of our customers, we recommend you either rotate the credentials that you use to access Sumo Logic. If you have API with us, we, you know, should change the key on that one. Um, but they're not really giving a lot of information. And we've talked about this on the show. That's the way a lot of instances go. You may never know. Um, but Sumo Logic is continuing to investigate and try to find out the extent of this uh, incident. They have identified the credentials that were used to expose their, their cloud instance of AWS. And they're, at, they're adding extra security measures. They didn't say, but I'm going to make the assumption they, they changed the password. And, you know, they are kind of fixing their mistake. But if you have if you have Sumo Logic, it's just one of those things at this point. Rotate your credentials. If the credentials you have are similar to any other credentials that you use on any other service, which I'm hoping as the majority of people who are either IT or information security who listen to this program, I'm hoping you already do that on a regular basis anyway. Um, but make sure you change it if it's similar to anything else keep them separate um that way you know a compromised account on one end won't be the other as i said sumo logic has not said that there were any 
credentials uh, accessed or anything along those lines. They're just being abundantly cautious. And I'm that a, a I'm that you know, abundance of cautious kind of guy too. I would change my passwords if I had it just to be on the safe side. If you know a site I have doesn't say they were breached, but say, hey, look, we have a little security incident. First thing I'm doing is changing the password um, just to be on the safe side um, and make sure it's dissimilar from every other password I have. Because I don't want one set of compromised credentials compromising other ones. Though I will say it's maddening to keep track of all the passwords. Um, but that's, you know, kind of where we live now, where one compromise set can lead to another. So definitely want to make sure you protect yourself there. Um, but hey, it's fun. This is what happens. Make sure you protect yourself. Make sure you're rotating your either API keys or your um, Sumo Logic credentials. Thank you everyone so much for listening to the show. Don't forget you can find out more information at cybersecuritynewsbyte.com, which will have a uh, my notes that I use for the show, the show notes people call them. Uh, they will be available uh, via this episode on the website so you can kind of see where it is and you'll see the news stories in which I pulled this information from to talk about with you. So it's a great place to continue your learning. Um, you can find out more about me at my website, jimguckin.com, or you can email me, me, me at jimguckin.com. Make sure you stay safe online and we'll talk again next week. You've been listening to the Cybersecurity News Byte with Jim Guckin. Learn more about our show at cybersecuritynewsbyte.com. 